Hey guys, welcome back to Intersectional Media. I'm your host, Sharina Brown, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sam Crabb. And this week we'll be discussing things like The Bachelorette, uh, the first part of the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion. <gasps> Tom Cruise's absolutely rightful, ex- valid explosion on his uh, film crew. I'm so bad. <laughs> we have to talk about this. I'm so bad. <laughs> and some other fun stuff. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's uh, let's start with the Bachelorette because I have things. To do. <laughs> you yeah. are so mad. Uh, you know, I wouldn't even say that I'm that mad. Like, I just kind of watch her and I'm like, okay. Like, I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, this cute little black girl comes in to save the season. It'll be nice to watch. And to be honest, I'm not that invested. So I'm not like, oh my God, she has to pick who I want her to pick. Like, I really don't care. But I just think she's kind of a snake. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, side-eyeing her now. I was like, you were cute, but like this whole like transactional thing you have with these guys where it's like they have to open up to you or else it's a problem. But then they do open up to you and you're still like, no. Like what what is like that? Blank face. Like what is blank that? face? That is yeah. that is the part about it that is awkward. One, what I've enjoyed is I enjoy these guys. Like, even the ones mm. that I don't like, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. you know, Bennett is... Andrew Bennett is fucking weird. But the man was killing me at the beginning. Like, the man was killing me at the beginning of the season. That one, um, it was, like, when he was still Claire. And he, they, like, went into his room. Do you remember that at the end of one of the episodes? He's like, let me show you around my room. And he had, like, oh, all yeah, this stuff set up. And he's like, this is the, the like, blah, blah, blah corner. And I was like, this man is, yeah, he's, he's something. He is something. He's and he entertained, something. he entertained me for as long as he was there. Got a little weird at the end. That moment where she was about to walk into the house and he appeared out of nowhere. I, too, yelped. I was like, oh. Can I just say, I don't get why. I mean, I get that it's like drama and it like makes people tune in. People are like, oh my God, Bennett's back, you know? But he wasn't actually back. He just never left. He was just there for like, yeah. And like, he was just like there for the rose ceremony and then he got sent home again. <laughs> like, is that not no. embarrassing? I had to scream. When he was like, I don't know what he did to Zach, but then Zach was just like, "Why? Why are you putting? Why are you putting your hands on me?" Zach was like, "Why? Like, what are you doing?" Yeah, it's not here for oh it. my god, I was dead. They are all their. I think <laughs> the interesting thing about Bennett is that he. He claims he doesn't feel the tension, that he doesn't see this beef that he and Noah have had throughout the season. And I'm just sort of like, how do you not see that? Like, how are you going to tell somebody that they lack emotional intelligence and then you're going to be shocked that there's tension between you two 
and that there's like a beef like how does that yeah. make sense like how do you it not talk down to somebody and then claim it, it doesn't make yeah. sense like and if you didn't feel some type of way about him you wouldn't be saying those things in the first place you would just kind of like shrug and keep it pushing like most of the other guys do who find no one annoying but they don't say anything because they're just like whatever yeah but this man has to say something and so it's kind of like well, doesn't that mean that there's tension because you feel like you have to say something? I like that means you guys are butting heads. Like that's usually what that mm-hmm. means. So I don't know how you're gonna like come on live TV and be like, I genuinely didn't know that there was tension. I really didn't know. Like, are you dumb? Like, and then you're you're talking about emotional intelligence, but you can't tell when there's tension. How does that make sense? You'd be like, oh, I'm so emotionally mature, but you can't even tell when someone doesn't like you. Make it make sense, Bennett. The math isn't mathing. That's all I'm going to say. Anyways, he was like the shocked Pikachu meme when Tasha sent him home again. (laughs) He was genuinely shocked. And I was like, how are you surprised? Like, I don't understand. He's actually dumb. He is. Like, he's actually stupid. And we all should have known that. Like, he's he academically smart. But then he was like, that that spelling bee was, like, so painful. I was like, oh. <laughs> I forgot about that. And I was trying to be fair. He's in I was legit trying to be fair. I was like, okay. Limousine can be a weird thing to spell. Okay. I'm going to give you that, Bennett. I'm going to start spelling other things wrong. And I'm going to like, and then I was like, does he have, like, an undisclosed, like, learning issues? Like, I don't know. So I'm not going to make, I'm not going to make fun of him. But I mean, like, you can't be out here flexing. You can't be coming at people, calling them stupid and all sorts of nonsense when... You're clearly not very smooth. <laughs> and it's okay. You're just you're just both dumb. Like I think that's just kind of what it is. And no no is the I'm twenty-five dumb. Oh, whereas God. Bennett is the I'm college educated, but I don't know anything dumb. So it's like yikes. So yeah. Well, I'm Ivy League educated. <laughs> Because since he likes to bring that up five bajillion times, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I don't think Harvard helped you very much, sir. But you're very amusing. So amusing. Thank you for the entertainment. Um, so yeah, so I, like I said, I, I really like these guys. And yeah. like I, so my previous experience with The Bachelorette is watching Rachel's season. That's the only other season that I am like committed to and watched in full. And now we're watching this season. I'm like, and this is why we don't do this on a regular basis. And we only watch certain Mm -hmm. seasons because I just, I feel like I sometimes get bamboozled. I don't feel like that's happening to me the way it happened with Rachel this time. Mm. I don't quite feel that. But with Rachel's season, um, I really liked those guys too. And except for that one like racist guy. (laughs) It's terrible. And like, I still will like look at some of their Instagrams and be like, oh, this guy and this guy. Like, you know, I liked those guys. 
But I really like these guys just in the sense of you've gotten to get really deep with so many of them. And it's been really heartening to see such a focus on mental health and men being vulnerable. I just Mm -hmm. wish that one, it wasn't... um, I wish that it wasn't so transactional because I worry about so many of them now in the sense that they have put themselves out there in such a way on TV. And like, that's so many of them. Zach, um, Mm -hmm. Ben, Riley, Brendan. Like, Mm -hmm. I think of so many of them that have been vulnerable about like hard shit that they've been through. And however this turns out, the fact that, you know, there's rejection that is involved in this process, I hope that that doesn't make them close off in a way to continue that vulnerability mm-hmm. because, like, shit, send Riley to me, you know? Like, right? Like, bitch, let me date Riley. Are you kidding me? That shit was so disappointing. Are you kidding me? And I was in shock. <laughs> I was legit in shock. I was like, there's no way that this man just was bawling on TV last episode because he had to talk about his family and he knew he had to talk about it and he wanted to, but it was hard because he's been through hard shit. And then you fucking send him home. Like, I don't, I don't like that. Like, I just don't. Mm-hmm. I just the least you could have done was me. <laughs> okay, that's that's the least. It's like which one, you could it's like, which one did you not need to meet? Which one? Because she's got who's her final four? Shit, because I'm I'm forgetting somebody. Brendan, Brendan, Ivan, Ivan, and Ben. Oh. Yeah, that's hard. Shit, I like all of them. I know me too. God damn. Well, with the exception of Zach. <laughs> What you got against Zach? My mom was like, well, my mom and I were, I don't have shit against Zach. He's just born. <laughs> my mom and I were talking about, she was like, oh, he had the Haddonfield boy because he's from my hometown. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, I got that a little bit of that hometown loyalty, hometown love for him. I'm like, okay, it's okay, Zach. All right. See, that would be a reason for me to hate him. <laughs> if he was from my hometown, I would be like, get this man the fuck off my screen. <laughs> That's fair. No. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I could at least say, like, you know, not everybody from, like, where I'm from is, like, so terrible. But I I don't know. Zach is not, like, the most exciting. God bless him. He's really not. I do, I do appreciate his, you know, backstory of just, I was very, like, oh, shit. Like, when he was talking about his history with addiction and stuff like that and then I was looking into the like the sobriety house that he started in New York and stuff and that's pretty cool it looks like a really warm like inviting place and um like a good hub for people of color and stuff like that I saw like some people of color like on the Instagram and the website so I like that. 
Thanks, Zach. That's great. That's cool. <laughs> you know me. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'd like there's something. I mean, he's he's a good guy. <laughs> I think they're all good right, people, right. with the exception of like Joseph and whatever. But it's like they're all good people. But that doesn't mean that I want to watch you fall in love. Like you're just boring. <laughs> like you're not you're not giving me anything. I'm like okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Sad backstory, gotcha. Whatever. All right, let's move on. Like he just doesn't give me anything. Like he's not amusing. Yeah. He's not like witty. He's not. He's not funny. He's not like creating drama. Like, what is there? He's just there. You know what it is. And I'm like, okay. You know what it is. He is so much like Brian from Rachel's season. So the guy that she ended up picking. Because the thing is, I straight up, I straight up did not pay attention to Brian half the time. I just thought he was just kind of there, and I thought he got like Botox on his cheeks and shit, and. It really wasn't until we were getting to like the final four that I really started noticing him because he fell so much in the background compared to all the other guys. And with the editing, they were highlighting so much about Peter and you know how I feel about Peter. That man is so hot. So I cannot help but pay attention. And the gap to the gap to babies, you know, and shit, like it was just, it was a whole it was a whole thing. So I straight up did not pay attention to Brian. And then it got to be like the final two. And I was like, wait a second, where did this nigga come from? <laughs> who he? Like, who's he? Who's that? Yeah. And like, then they were like, she you know, she was meeting his family. And I was like, oh, girl, like, I don't even pay attention much to this man, but you do not want to marry into this family. He's a mama's boy. His mama is going to be like, all of like, just all on your back. I had opinions. But that's what she ended up picking. And that's because Brian stayed out of all the mess. Like, all the mess that was happening. Whatever, like, he wasn't one of those, like, showy personalities. He wasn't a guy that was, like, out here, like, causing drama. Like, when people were having their individual fights, I remember that season. Like, it was ne- like Brian was never within the vicinity. He was like, no, nah, that's not me. I have, like, I got my mind on the prize, which I feel like, you know, some of these guys, some of these guys do do that. And they, and I can't say that that's not the wrong idea if you want to win the, like, if you want to get to the end game. Yeah, I would say that the four guys that she has picked have done that. Yeah. They all are not very dramatic people, but, like... Ivan is amusing and just in his personality, like just his personality is amusing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know shit about Brendan. I guess <laughs> I just know he has a pretty face. That's it. That's He's it. So That's pretty. Oh, Brendan. Um, He's precious. When I look at him, I'm like, oh, precious. Oh. Like I follow him on Instagram now, but I couldn't tell you jack shit about this man. I don't know shit about him. No. <laughs> and then. I'm still mad that Riley's not top four. Like, what the fuck? Like, I even like watching like the men tell all last night and seeing them like sitting on the couch and like talking in front of everyone. I was like, this is a great match. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, this man is like kind of what you were asking for this entire time and you sent him home. 
which is like very strange to me. Like when you when she's like describing the guys that she wants, I'm like, okay, that's Riley's right there. <laughs> like he's right there. Like oh, I want somebody that I can talk about. Like you know, being black with. I want this. I want that. And it's like, but you send all the black men. <laughs> I, I don't understand <laughs> because you know what? Let's be real, real about Tasha. Let's be real, real about it. Okay. When we go back to the conversation with Ivan about Black Lives Matter, and Ivan is just pouring his heart out about like what it means to him to be Black, about his brother being in prison, just, mm-hmm. just a fucking soliloquy of like emotions, you know? Yeah. And then you got Tasha, who just cries. Right? And it's getting emotional about mm-hmm. it. Okay. And you know, he's waiting and she's just like the dramatic, like, I'm not, you know, the dramatics of her crying, just like I need a moment, yeah. I gotta like gather myself. And then the first things that come out of her mouth are it's just it's just a lot. It's a lot. It's it's a lot. Yeah. And so it's when I think back to that conversation, Ivan gave so much about gave so his much. perspective. And this is not me mm-hmm. saying that Tasha, like, of course, Tasha believes that Black Lives Matter. Like, I'm of not going to sit here and say that. But when, it, if I'm going to speculate about the journey of her racial identity and the journey of how she, you know, has come into you know feeling like a black woman within america i don't think she's at the level that like ivan is at where like you know his standing as a black man in america i just don't think that it's Mm -hmm. equal and so that conversation while great on ivan's end quite honestly was like so awkward on Tasha's because I was just like girl you were you were looking at him as if he needed to explain racial dynamics to you and as if he needed to explain Black Lives Matter to you when I know you know what this is I know you know like I know you know but you don't you ain't talking she doesn't want to take initiative. So it's like, this is kind of the issue with Taisha is that Taisha doesn't give anything. Doesn't, so it doesn't matter. Her. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. It doesn't matter what the topic is. She doesn't give anything. She just stares at you like a... I, I was going to quote Lala. Ma'am. Her eyes are really big. Well, <laughs> if we eyes... Anyway, she just stares at them with her Bambi eyes and she doesn't fucking say anything or she says thank you for sharing or she says oh my god that's so much that's such that's that's like so much it's just a lot and it's like okay you're gonna say anything though like what what are you gonna say and like I got so annoyed when she was talking to Ben and forcing this man to tell her that he has attempted, you know, sensitive warning. So skip over this if, you know, you're triggered by mentions of suicide. But that he has tried to commit suicide twice in twice. the past, like, in the past few years. 
And this girl doesn't, there's no. Wow. Oh, wow. She doesn't even, like, if somebody told me that, I would be like, oh, my God. Like, I would literally be like, oh, my God. Like, are you okay? Should you be here? Are you (laughs) good? Like, I would be concerned. I got got questions about that. Yeah. Like, how how did you get past screening? (laughs) Not, like, no offense to you, but, like, are you okay? Like, I don't know if you should be on a show where, like, your self-worth is going to be judged by people in all sorts of countries and they are kind of rooting for you either to be with me or to not be with me. I don't really think that that's a good fit for somebody who has tried to commit suicide in the, in like the past two years. Like, I think that's pretty uh, heavy. And I feel like if it doesn't work in his favor, it could be a trigger. Yeah. A trigger either for having disorder or, or suicide ideations. And Oh, Ben. Oh. Like, that would be my concern. Like, I wouldn't even be concerned about myself and, like, being with this person. I would just be, like, concerned for this person. I would be like, are you okay? Like, are you sure that you want to be on this show? Because right. it's Like, hard. cut the cameras. Right. <laughs> Literally. I would be like, cut this date right now. I need to talk to this person. Like, for real, for real. Because what the hell? But she's just like, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, I was like, Tisha, I'm like, fucking... Just looking at them like... Or something. Like, like a blank you know, stare. Like, and I'm like, what is wrong and with here's her? the thing. I, me, in my therapy practice, a lot, there are times... And in just my practice of working with certain populations when I have to do assessments and stuff, I do try to keep my face blank, but that's like a very specific therapeutic thing where I don't want them to feel like I'm reacting a certain way, but that's not how it should work in real life. Like if I want to date, they're telling me real You're you're a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Like Like you're a therapist, so of course you're going to react neutrally, but- if you're on a date with somebody and they say, like, I've tried to commit suicide two times in the past two years, I would be like, huh? They'd be like, are you okay? Like, is everything okay now? Like, let's talk like, about that. What What's triggers that? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I'd be concerned. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, wow. Like, what? I swear to God. <laughs> I want sometimes I just want to slap her. Like, I really do. And then, like, with Riley, too, like, him admitting that his name, like, he changed his name and, like, all this stuff and, like, his relationship with his dad and his relationship with his mom. And she's just like, oh, wow, yeah. That's that's crazy. I'm like, I'm like, why are you like this? I'm like, why are you asking these men to open up? If to you're you? not prepared, you obviously don't. Care. Right. If you're not prepared to respond, because it's not just about like, do you want to reveal this stuff on TV? Are you prepared as the person who is going to be hearing everybody's trauma? Are you actually prepared for that? Because if you're not, that's actually 
that's okay. Like if you are not prepared for that part of the job, essentially. But then if you weren't prepared, then you shouldn't number one, don't ask. Yeah. And then two, that maybe this isn't this shit isn't for you either. Exactly. And it's like, you know, there are people who are in relationships and they don't give up that level of information until like a year in, mm-hmm. you know? Because it's like you're building trust with that person. Right. And sometimes you don't feel comfortable enough to say, but that doesn't mean that they don't respect you. It doesn't mean that they don't care about you. It doesn't mean that they don't want to be in this relationship. It just means that they have their own personal shit and they kind of like need to feel comfortable themselves to talk about it. It's not a reflection of you and your relationship. It's a reflection of that person and how well they're doing. Like emotionally. Yeah. But she just doesn't, she doesn't give anything. She just, she's a taker. She's a taker. She's one of those people that just takes, takes, takes in relationships and she doesn't give anything back. And so, like, I think it's kind of highlighted when this isn't completely her season. It's also partially Claire's season. And when you look at Claire and Dale, or even just Claire and anyone, Claire always gave. Like, if somebody opened up to her, she opened up back. She did. And she she was very comfortable about doing that. Like, I can't even remember the guy's name, the bigger guy who ended up leaving after Claire did. Yeah. Yeah. God bless him. (laughs) And, you know, like, as much as we want to make fun of him and just, like, tease him, like, my my dude, you were were in love with her. But but now, right, like, I don't know about that, but I do understand, (laughs) like, now that we've seen the rest of this play out and see how this has played out with Taisha the very big difference I think with him and Claire was that date was so transactional in how vulnerable they were both being that I can see Mm -hmm. how he would feel sort of, not betrayed, but sort of like, okay, well, what the fuck was, then what was, then what was that? Right. What was was that? Girl, what what did I do that for? What did I open mm-hmm. myself up to you when you opened yourself up to me if you were just gonna mm-hmm. go and leave with this random ass man after like, yeah. a, like, like a few days? <laughs> like, bitch, what? Yeah. So now, yeah. That, now that we've seen this whole thing play out, it's really interesting to look back on that and say, I kind of get you now, buddy. I do. I get you. Right. I get you. No, it's true, though. Because... Because her level of openness was so much more than what we're getting from Tasha. Maybe exactly. it was too much. People and can say what they want about Claire. Like I guess <laughs> we could we could argue. Yeah, we could argue that. <laughs> um, but regardless, she was at least giving something mm-hmm. back. So it wasn't just like, oh, I just want these guys to be open and be vulnerable, but I'm not saying anything about myself. And the fact that she's not doing that makes me question how are these men able to fall in love with her at all? Yeah, every time. Because she's not Yeah, talking. every time they're like, I'm totally falling in love. I'm crazy about her. But I'm like, for, for what? For what? Exactly. Like, it doesn't make sense. I don't get it. But anyway. I mean, listen, 
we're in a pandemic. <laughs> They're literally shooting this in a pandemic. In yes. uh, in the desert in Palm Springs, it's very hot mm-hmm. out there. Emotions are high. People are lonely. People are lonely. Mm-hmm. So it uh this this it's a mirage. That's what it is. It's a it mirage. Is. I think yeah. it is. I'm I'm curious to see how things go after it's over. Like mm. whoever she picks, like. Are they going to be compatible <laughs> in the real world? Because I feel like it's one thing when you're secluded on a resort and there's a pandemic and you can't go see people, you can't do anything, and you're literally in a bubble. So what's going to happen when they leave? That's my question. Oh, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll yeah, see. We can talk more about that later since we read the spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to do all that to you guys. Yeah, we will not. Anyways, we should talk about the Real Housewives of Potomac now. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. I am... I am so ready for this season to be over, to be quite honest. I love Potomac. I think it's a crown jewel. I think that anybody at this point that has been sleeping on Potomac is foolish because it's such a giver it's been giving since season one like if you watch other housewives franchises you don't really have an excuse to not watch real housewives of potomac i'm just saying if you're listening to this and you've never done it go do it right now stop listening to me (laughs) go watch it it's great anyway that does not mean that i am not so tired I'm just exhausted by this season. It is, it's just a lot. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised by it. I did read, so, I mean, you know Jackie Ina watches. I was watching, yeah, I was watching her story. So, somebody had said, had sent her like a couple of, there were like multiple people who had said this. So I do believe Monique said it probably because if multiple people are saying it, it probably means she said it. But allegedly she does not consider herself uh, a dark-skinned woman because she is caramel. Now, <laughs> now I'm not here to say Monique is a dark-skinned woman because she's really <laughs> she is in the middle. Um, but I think I I think that when you compare her to the other light-skinned women on the show, she is very clearly not light-skinned. So it is kind of ironic that she doesn't think of herself as being more aligned with Wendy and Candace, that she considers herself caramel and therefore is on a different level that's like not light-skinned, not dark-skinned. And sure, that might technically be true, but I don't think that she is treated that way in their little social group because she is not, she's not Karen's shade. She's not actually shade. She's not Giselle's shade. And she's certainly not Robin's shade. Like if you've got Robin and Giselle being called the green eyed bandits because they're that light skinned and they have light colored eyes, that tells you enough. Right. And so it's like, 
okay, they're literally in cahoots or like, you know, close friends because they have such similar experiences, such similar looks, all of these things, right? Now, at least Robin is well aware of colorism, so at least there's that. And at least she was like, I would never refer to somebody in those terms, like a dark-skinned black woman in those terms, because I know the damage that causes. But when you have Monique being like, oh, like you called me ghetto, like you called me a hood rat, it's like, bitch, you called yourself that. I don't understand. You have called yourself hood. Like, what are you talking because, about? No, because no, uh, because Candace said that, and I was like, she has. She has referred to herself in these ways. She has referred to herself yeah. as like this girl from Baltimore that'll be your ass if you give her the chance. Like she'll knock you out and like all this shit. She has referred to herself in this way. So how are you gonna get mm-hmm. mad? And like it was so infuriating the response to this because we need to talk, guys. We need to talk about the fact that Candace calling her ghetto and Candace calling her a hood rat has nothing to do with the discussion about colorism. Words mean things, y'all. A dark-skinned woman calling a caramel-skinned woman, we're just going to call her that, for calling her that ghetto, is not colorism. Because colorism does not happen on both sides. This is not some weird-ass reverse racism. It only goes one way. One way. Yep. And I like I just refuse. I refuse to entertain that anymore. It's not actually hypocritical within the discussion of colorism for Wendy to call Ashley and Monique out on that shit. It's not actually hypocritical. If you want to talk, if if Wendy was talking about like respectability politics, then you can light her ass up all day. You can't. I will right. like you can't. But we're talking about a specific topic. Very specific. <laughs> Very specific. Yeah. So it's it's wild to me. And one, like, I was shook when Andy said it. Like, I went to commercial break. I was like, oh, what? Did Andy Cohen just do colors? Right. And I was like, what's happening? What's happening? Right. Oh, my God. I never, I expected, never expected this to happen. Because we were texting, and I was like, oh, I bet they're not going to talk about the colorism. And then all of a sudden... And then they did it. It happened, and I was And it's, it's been yeah. so apparent for, like, I don't even know how many seasons of the show. Because it was, like, light bright as fuck when it first started. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's really interesting just to... I mean, I don't like Ashley being, like, Mm, yeah, like making a stank face. It's like, bitch, just own it. Just own that you're a colorist, bitch, and just just shut up. Like you know, like people are calling you out on your behavior. You got weird ass daddy issues in the first place. Like I can very much see where your shit comes from. We're not like we're not gonna do this. Can we just talk about how she said that Candace? insulted her baby by saying he looked like his dad. And Robin was so confused. She was like, she's like, what? She's like, Candace didn't insult your baby. She's like, yes, he did. She, or yes, she did. She said he looks like Michael. And Robin's like, oh, um, done. But is that not his father? <laughs> like, why is that? 
Did you know? Did you know? It actually has the nerve to say, she has the nerve to say, and is that not rude? Like, <laughs> what? Why did you have his babies and this is how you feel? Oh, it don't make sense. Like, what? It's too much. It's so stupid. I feel like everything was moving so fast that I couldn't really take it in because then it went into that next segment and he was asking about colors. And I was like, wait, what? And I was like preparing myself. So... <laughs> So funny. Just her saying, and is that not rude? <laughs> Girl, just say, just say you think your husband's ugly and go. Oh no. I was like, I mean, we all know he's ugly, but I'm glad you agree. Poor <laughs> Dean. And poor Dean, because he does look like He's so like, awkward looking. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wonder where her next one's oh going. Oh, God. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck Ooh. here. Imagine. Also, her Imagine being like, this is Dean's body. Imagine. Oh, God. I'm Dean, but. <laughs> A female. <laughs> See, the thing is, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, her kid is going to look like Michael because Michael looks like her own father. It's true. It's true. So it's like the jeans are double. She really, like, she really set herself up. She did. I'm like, sorry, but you're not going to have two kids. You did it to yourself. You're cute. Your kids are not. I'm sorry. I can't fix it for you, girl. You, no one told you to marry this gay old man in the first place. Nobody told you to have children with him. Nobody told you to do Nobody. that. Nobody but you. You were the one fighting for that shit. Everyone around you was like, girl, are you sure? This is her karma. It really is. So. <laughs> all that suck. Is, <laughs> all that enabling of like his sexual predator nonsense I hate it. I really do I don't think I've ever hated a man more <laughs> and then Monique with her fucking binder also can we just talk about how Giselle did not give a shit about Jamal literally texting this girl her face was blank she didn't even react <laughs> Monique's reading out these texts and Giselle reading out the there, phone like, number She's like, okay, and? <laughs> I was like, stop it. Just and then she's like, is that not his phone number? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I was like, why do you not care? <laughs> Here's the thing. I, the binder right now is probably the most talked about thing in the Bravo-verse right now. It's going to go down, like, no matter what anyone says, it's going to go down in history as, like, just like one of the most shocking things that's like ever happened in a reunion. It's changed the game for like housewives reunions and shit. I think that this is not the flex that Monique thinks it is. It's just not. 
It makes her look look weird. I'm sorry. Like, she's fucking weird, guys. We're going to put this on, like, I just, okay, let me gather my thoughts. Because the thing is, I think that we've had a lot of seasons of Giselle being the shady bitch that she is. I'm never not going to say that Giselle is like, Giselle's a shady bitch. The shadiest of them, you know? And yes, she's mean. She's a mean girl. I, She's a mean girl. Okay. When we compare how she and Monique have interacted ever since Monique came on the show, yes, as soon as Monique came on and she said that she got four homes, Giselle was like, I don't like that bitch. Fair. The thing is, Giselle has always been just shady and just said shady things to Monique. And Monique always responds in such a way that is a lot compared to what Giselle is actually doing, right? So there was like, there's a season where it was Monique's first season and Giselle was just being very like, "Mm," when she was at Monique's house and just like, like unimpressed and being shady. So Monique kicked her out. (laughs) Monique was like, you can leave, like you can go. And it was like, okay. And And then everyone was like, oh, like, oh my gosh, Monique, blah, blah, blah. And then it's continued where Giselle has just not been nice to Monique and hasn't wanted to really be her friend. And people interpret that to be so vicious. And I'm not saying that it's not vicious, but I don't think it's vicious in comparison to the things that then Monique has responded with. Because then we had like the season where Giselle was with this guy Sherman that she really liked. She clearly gave a fuck about him more than she does about Jamal. Like, and Monique on camera with Ashley then brings up one that, like, you know, she and Cherie started bringing around Sherman's ex wife. Like, they brought her around to like film things with them to like intentionally make Giselle uncomfortable. I guess because there's this like weird backstory of like, oh, Giselle and the ex-wife know each other and now she's dating her ex-husband. It's like, bro, like guys, like that's at the end of the day, like that's just between, like if y'all want to bring her on the show, then bring her on the show and then let's get to that. Like, let's let the two of them fight that shit out. I would love to see that. But like, why do you feel like you need to be doing all this? And then... She's telling, uh, she's like, oh, you know what his ex-wife was telling me? That he was arrested. He was arrested because he was out, he was out in the park. Mm-hmm. He was out in the park. And he was with, and he was with a woman. And, you know, she was, she was doing a job. Mm-hmm. And like, so she's releasing all his tea. So do you, so even from that story, do you see the common thread here of what Monique likes to do to Giselle? Let me expose your man shit. It's not actually Giselle shit that she is exposing, which is why I am like, this is not the flex that you think it is. You are weirdly obsessed with who Giselle is with and then exposing them to make her look stupid. And that in and of itself is weirdly misogynistic because you are out here always saying that she can never keep a man 
and she always got a different man at every reunion and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and all this. That's fucking weird, Monique. It's weird. You, as Miss, I've got a great marriage and I've got this and I've got kids and I've got my four homes and I've got all this. And you, and the way that you are responding to this woman that straight up just doesn't like you, <laughs> she doesn't like you, is always to target her status as a single woman and whether or not she actually has a man. It's weird. Like, it's just really weird. And I don't know why people aren't thinking about it that deeply. Really, it's because they think that Giselle deserves this. And this is some karma in the sense of what she may or may not have done to Monique in regards to these rumors. And listen, maybe Monique has the proof and has the tea. But I still would like her to answer for the class then why were you so gung-ho about being Giselle's little buddy at the beginning of the season? Why were you, like, why were you having, di- like, having lunches with her and being like, we're making up, we're throwing parties together? Bitch, why? She was, like, trying to basically ruin your life. I've never, under- I've never understood that. I never understood that. It does not add up. The math does not add up. And the problem is that this season has felt so long that I think people forget about those things from the beginning of the season. And so they harp on the like post, it's like there was pre-fight and post-fight of this season. And we all very much have lost our memory of what things were like pre-fight. You know what I mean? And yeah, so this is not, this is not the flex that Monique thinks it is because she's really going nuclear for no reason in my opinion, because no one would have ever known about any of this backside mess if she hadn't gone on IG Live to try to use that as an excuse for why she attacked Candace. We never would have known about any of that shit and we wouldn't even be having this conversation. She is using this to deflect from the fact that the main, what I think is one of the main reasons why that fight happened is because she misplaced her anger at so many other things on Candace. Because if that's the case, why were you not dragging Giselle's hair? Let go of Candace's hair and go drag Giselle if she's the one that has made your life so fucking miserable. No matter how you slice it, she's mad at the wrong person. It's about Chris. Her husband, like, you know, I used to like Chris, but like after these past couple seasons, I'm like, this man, he's just a typical like alpha black male that like wants things to be this specific kind of way and shit like that. Like, you know, you know, and like Giselle is no saint. Never going to like, I'm never going to say that she does not deserve a dragging. Like the way Karen is going about it. I get it. Like I get it with Karen. I get it with Karen and Giselle because the thing is Karen and Giselle clearly have like a long history together as like friends in the same social circle and it's just like kind of been building up where like Karen has felt so slighted that she's like I'm just I'm just going in on you now I'm just going in whatever but Monique is going after she's going for blood in a way that's just kind of gross especially when you think about the fact that like you know, she's bringing up Giselle's kids. Like, your kids don't even, you know, your kids don't even like you. You don't even want them together. But, like, the thing is, her kids are teenagers. And her kids can see this shit. 
And you're going after their mom and their dad in such a way that is so embarrassing to them that like whatever that they whatever they have done to you is never actually going to hit your children because they are so young and they don't know shit. But she doesn't think about that because there's something I don't I don't like it. Like I don't like the binder. It's kind of dark. <laughs> And I just don't think that anybody is thinking about it that way, but it's deeply dark. And I I don't think the therapy has worked for Monique. It hasn't worked. It's interesting because the binder is full of things that are not necessarily geared toward her enemies. Like, let's say she came with a binder and it was just all Candace stuff. I'd be like, okay, whatever, fine. Maybe it's like legal documents and all of that sort of stuff. I would... Be more willing to overlook that because they have their own personal beef. But this binder's got a Wendy tab. What the fuck has Wendy ever done to you? People wanted to argue. Like, that's People wanted to argue that, like, it's because Wendy had a hand in, like, icing Monique out. Which, no, she did not. She made a a choice within her own mind. Like, I'm not messing with this bitch. And that's actually within her right. Yeah. Trust me, if I was on that cast and exactly. that fight happened, I wouldn't be messing with Monique either. I'm sorry. I wouldn't be messing exactly. with Monique. I would be like, you know what, girl? Go have your therapy. Go do what you need to do to get right. But, like, I don't, we don't need to do this. You and I don't need to do this. We don't need to be friends. Agreed. And that's her choice. You cannot make Wendy feel bad for having a reaction to what she saw that night. Yeah. A very, like, realistic reaction at that like people don't want to be around violent people i don't really know why anybody would want to be around a girl who can just pop off like that grab you by the hair yeah because remember that's not the first time that monique has like popped off on somebody and she threatened to when she was pregnant she was like i'll drag you pregnant and all people remember that people see and i am so this is this is why I'm so tired of talking about this because people will then turn that around and be like, and that was another instance where Candace was asking her to track her. I'm like, she did that because of what Monique said, people. Like, do you not? <laughs> Ears, eyes, anything. Do you not Do you not remember? Like, why? <laughs> like, like, say what you want about Candace. Say what you want about Giselle. But Monique is not the savior that you all are asking for. She's just not. She's coming, she's like, she's going after Robin. She's going after Wendy. Like, these are all the people in this tab. She's going, like, she's going for blood for everybody. Which is why I think that she might not be back. She's, she feels slighted and she's very bitter. So she's trying to get revenge. And it's like, well, it's kind of going to backfire on you. But like, whatever. Do what you must, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to keep watching. So we'll see what we'll see what the real tea is that she has to give about this whole situation that she says was happening behind the scenes. I would like mm-hmm. I would like some verified shit because like I said, like you the beginning of this season does not back up to me what you have been saying. It just doesn't work. You're mad. You're mad at Candace for not coming on your podcast and not being a good friend to you. Why would you want a bitch that was like trying to ruin your life on your podcast? Why would you be having lunches with a bitch that's saying that 
your baby is not your husband's and that, you know, you had an abortion and, and didn't have a miscarriage. Why would you be trying to align yourself with these people if they're trying to plot against you? If it's because you didn't know, then say that. But then that also doesn't explain how that is the reasoning behind the fight that you had. Either way, you look suspicious to me. Sorry, Monique. Mm -hmm. I'll buy it. Conspiracy ass, conspiracy theory ass bitch. Like, um, mm. those are 5G, no vaccine. Like, when it, I've seen people now when they like write Monique, they like capitalize the Q <laughs> for the Q and on it at all. I love that. I'm like, you know what? Let's talk about that. She deserves that. Yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> but we all, but we all want to call her the savior. talking about like ooh, what was what is a better moment like what is a better takedown so then do you remember beverly hills um we probably won't remember it but you've probably heard about it so like kim richards bringing this easter bunny gift that lisa renner 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 that lisa renner gave her she like gave it to her for her grandson like her first grandson that was being and kim comes to the reunion and she's like so like I actually have the bunny that you gave me and I'm going to give it back to you because I don't feel like it has good energy. <laughs> like I don't want this. <laughs> and gives and like and like Lisa's just like, what? And like, you know, and that's like the gif where like just that single tear going down Lisa Rinna, like Lisa Rinna's. That is so heady. Heady oh shit God. that I have ever seen. And so people compare, they're like, ooh, what was the better moment? And I'm like, okay, but here's the thing. Like, this is a perfect moment. This is a perfect moment in its right. subtle shadiness. Like, and you know, and it's not like completely vindictive because what you can say as the excuse is like, well, I just don't want that bad energy. Like it's brilliant. <laughs> it's it's great. <laughs> like Kim Richard oh maybe God. isn't always all there, but like homegirl, you were in your bag when you thought of that one. I'm gonna give you that. That's this hilarious. moment with Monique and what she's doing is devoid of any subtlety it's devoid of any subtlety it is just completely like bombastic in how cruel she is she's just coming in hot yes she is just intentionally being cruel yeah if you want to call somebody aggressive since aggressive is such a hot button word which by the way guys like just don't call black women let's just like not call black women aggressive Let's use our thesaurus. Let's leave that word. I also think yeah, leave that word I also think they should have gone after Ashley Moore for calling Wendy ferocious. I think that is yeah. the key word there that like should have been focused on because that shit was weird. 
Fuck yeah. Ashley. I feel like I have to say that once Thank a day. You. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's switch to the Real Housewives of Atlanta before we take up all our Real Housewives time just shit talking with you, Ashley. I mean, listen, there's enough there content. There is so much content. I, like, y'all know by now. I. Mm, I just want to talk about. Wait, what was her Drew. name? Drew. Yes, we need to talk about Drew and her husband because that shit is wild. That scene is added to the roster, added to the list of reasons why I may never get married. Because what the fuck? Period. What the fuck? <laughs> I was like, oh, hell no. I was like, see, if that were me, Bitch, I would have changed. There's no way. The locks. The locks would be changed. Same. His shit would be out the door. Like, like how are you going to be like... So for any listeners who don't watch The Real Housewives of Atlanta, there's a new housewife this season, and her name is Drusadora? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, okay. Drusadora, Drew for short. She is an actress, and she was well-known for playing the uh, mistress on the game, if anyone has ever watched the game um and wrecked um what was what's the couple's name again melanie and i never i never watched that so i have no idea yeah no it's popping up on my netflix all the time so i've been very tempted once i'm done with this dawson's creek journey maybe that'll be like my holiday break um it's a spinoff of something else spinoff of girlfriends yeah, ah, which I also okay, still haven't finished. Sense. I got like halfway through and I needed to like get something mm. new in there. The game was on TV when I was a teenager and my brothers and my mom used to watch it. So I used to catch it sometimes and, you know, it was a very amusing show. So there was stuff that was happening and it was just like very dramatic. It was like a black soap opera, but with football. And it was like I very weird, but like very entertaining. Um, like I swear to God, you're gonna watch it and you're gonna be like, "Why didn't I see this sooner?" The mess is legit. Okay, like when I say, I've never seen a show that messy in my life. I swear, nothing has ever topped it. I was like, nothing can outdo the game. Nothing, not a single show. But there's like one couple that's like wholesome, quote unquote, and I say that in quotes because they are not very wholesome, but. Naturally, it is uh, Tia Maori. I believe it's Tia. I don't think it's Tamara. Anyways, she's playing like this girl who is like a med student or whatever, and she's dating this football player. And they have like this relationship where they've like known each other since college, and like she's been like his ride or die girl and like all this stuff. And then he becomes the rookie on an NFL team. And the show kind of, like, follows them. And then, like, follows the quarterback. I believe it's the quarterback, Malik. Um, and then Malik's mother, who is his manager. And then uh, one of the other players, Jason, who eventually retires and becomes, like, a sports commentator. And it's, like, their little world. Their little world, world of sports. And so you've got, like, Malik, who is very, like, womanizing, drugs, alcohol, just being a mess. His mother, who is definitely a hoe, but... She's like businesswoman. She's like the original cookie mm, from okay. Empire, you know? She's like that. And, but she's messy as fuck. 
So <laughs> you've got them. And he's a big mama's boy. So it's like, mama, I can't believe you would sleep with this guy. And then she's like, Malik, get the fuck out of my house. I'll be a hoe if I want to. This is why I say it's unmatched. Okay? <laughs> the amount of mess in this show is unmatched. But Drew came in one of the later series, in one of the later seasons, and she broke up Melanie and her dude, whose name I completely forget. And they were like the wholesome couple, right? So people fucking hate Drew because she was playing herself and she played, you know, the mistress and she got pregnant. She was like the baby mama and like, it was like all this drama or whatever. So that's why Toya was like, I hate you because you broke up whoever, you know. Um, I was like, girl, if you like that ship, you have trash days anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's that. Uh, but she's very amusing in that she's like actually like a very nice person, obviously. Like, I, I got good vibes from her. I was like, oh, she's yeah, really very cool. cute. Her kid was cute. I liked her. Yeah, like, I liked her. But obviously, on The Real Housewives, you get to see like her real life. And of course, it's produced all you know, reality TV is produced in some way. But you're seeing her relationship with her husband, like her real life husband. They've been married for what, six years? They got married after six months, which I mean, some people be doing that. And I mean, it works out. And some other people be doing that. And it don't work out. Um, I feel like she's leaning towards the not working out because this man left their home for three days? Was it mm-hmm. three days? And didn't tell her where he was. And then it's their anniversary and they're sitting down having dinner. And she's like, I want transparency. So like, where were you? Like, just tell me where you were. Like, how does my husband leave the house for three days? And I don't she know where and he it was. was. So Because she didn't even know that he had left the house until like, because they had a fight, exactly. they, had a fight. they went into like separate parts of the house. And then somebody, like, either her mom or somebody was looking for him. And she was like, oh, he's over, like, he's probably over here. And he wasn't there. He just left. Yeah. And she didn't even know. So I think what, I think what happened was he, it wasn't even them who got into the fight. I don't think. I think it was like he got into a fight with her mom. And then he was like, oh, I had to leave. Because he was telling uh, Cynthia's man that, right? Because he was like, oh, you know, I live with my mother-in-law and she's an alpha and I'm an alpha. So it's like we we're constantly butting heads. And when that happens, I just have to get up and go. I have to leave. And so I guess like Drew made him dinner or something and went to go take it to him. And she's like knocking on the door, knocking on the basement door or something. And he's not answering. And she's like, um, like, is he alive in there? Like, what happened? <laughs> And then only to find out this man left, like literally left the house and didn't come back for three days. And then like, he won't even tell her while they're having their anniversary dinner where he went. Like, I'm sorry, that's fucking weird. That makes you look really suspicious. Like, where did you go? Who were you staying with? Because clearly that's a thing. Clearly you were staying with someone because you don't want to tell your wife where you were. Like, that's very strange to me. Because I feel like, because didn't it, he eventually, you know, they're fighting about it. And then he, he said he was like in Tampa or something like that. And he's like, oh, I went to the beach. And she's like, okay, what beach? And then she's like, did you leave Georgia? And then he was like, yeah. And then she's like, okay, so where were you? And then he's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where I was. How does that help? Right. 
right yeah how does that help you why are like why are you making this an issue you need to stop making things like this an issue the gaslighting like like the pure gaslighting within that conversation was so wild it was was so weird and i think it's weird that he attributes so much of how he functions in this relationship as he was talking about at some point in the episode to like african-american male like masculine masculinity or something like that yeah huh sir he was like well you know it's hard to be an african-american male like you know i don't even know what the fuck he was trying to say i was like what are you talking about like who hurt you i can't who I hurt just, you that you think that this is the way that men get to function in a relationship? And how dare you tell your wife it doesn't matter where you were? Of course, like, of and how is it going to help her? And it's so weird because, like, because then she is then noticing, I guess, that with the, I guess, their security system and like the cameras in their house that they Mm -hmm. have they still had access to that shit even when he was gone and was like watching them while he was away like bro what and then denying it and just being weird and deleting the photo and then telling her look through my phone is it the photo there it's like of course it's not there you deleted it like you think she's dumb? Like, I can't. It was just so disturbing, and it was just, like, a really big highlight of, like, why I personally don't think that I am ever going to get married, because I don't want to deal with that shit. Like, you're telling me it's my anniversary of six years, and I have to talk about how my husband's fucking stalking me on the security cameras, also leaving for three days without saying a word. We have children, and he's just, like, being a little bitch. Like, No! I was like that's disturbing i don't like men but what else is new i talk about this every episode oh my god <laughs> i just i already want better for her after like one episode and one fight i'm like oh honey you are so cute you're so cute you're Literally. so gorgeous you could do so much better and it's it's so funny because as soon as I saw him, I was like, "Oh, dang! Like her, like her man's cute. Like okay, like they're this cute little black. Oh wait, oh, yikes, yikes, guys! Ooh, that went downhill. So that went downhill. Uh uh-uh. uh I would never. I would Very never. Funny. That man, because like, can you imagine your partner just straight up leaving for three days? You don't know where they are. You don't know where they went. They're not telling you where they went. Like, man, like, nigga, what if our, what if something happened to our children? Exactly. Like, what if something happened to What if something happened to you? Yeah, what if something happened to you? I don't even know where you are. And I don't even know where you are. What is wrong with you? That's not normal. That's weird. Extremely. I can't. I truly can't. Same, but I just had to get that out of my yeah. system because I could Ooh. not like I, that. Was my just single vibes were like, "Girl, stay that. single forever." You can't. Mm, I don't. I don't got the patience for. Period. I don't got the patience for shit. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I could never. I really just could never. 
honestly, yeah. Speaking of having no patience. <laughs> I'm so, I'm Going so Film crew. Tom uh, is currently filming Mission Impossible 7 because we mm-hmm. because we need that. Like, I guess, or something. I don't know. I guess we need another Mission Impossible movie. It's never going to die, just like the Fast and Furious franchise. Tom Cruise will literally be, like, on a wheelchair. He will literally be on a wheelchair, like, ziplining and, like, be like connected to oxygen and just like still doing his own stunts. They'll connect the wheelchair to like a zip line and he'll just be like swinging his oxygen out at like enemies, just knocking them out of the sky and shit. Like that's, he's never going to stop. Ever. He's never, never going to stop making these movies. Anyway, so he's currently filming it in the middle of a pandemic. Um, I guess his studio, well, his film set has numerous COVID protocols. It's very strict. It's very tight. They are running a tight ship over there, except his crew is fucking around and breaking some of those protocols. And Mm -hmm. Mr. Senor Cruz is not with the shits. Tom was recorded uh, just reading the hell out of his crew and letting them know that this behavior is unacceptable. That this shit that they are doing is costing them the ability as a crew to work. That studios, that directors, that so many people within this industry are looking at them and looking at how they are working and how they are doing this film based on their protocols as like an example. And the thing is like, he's like, you are costing people the ability to be able to put food on their table to pay for their college education. Like, he's like, you guys, like you can't be doing this shit. Like you do it again, we'll fucking fire you. You'll be out of here. It's done, it's over. I never want to see this shit again. I was like, damn, okay. He went off. I want, and I want Tom, I would love him to give this energy to literally every anti-masker in America. In the world, even. I need him to create, like, a series of reads similar to this for, like, all sorts of industries and all sorts of people within this pandemic that are fucking around. I would love that. I would truly love that. Because I'm shook at the fact that, like, well, damn. Do I agree with the AK of Scientology? (laughs) Do I have to, like, cry for Tom Cruise? Do I agree with Tom Cruise? (laughs) Who knew that would ever happen? Who knew? I I am, like, some, and literally, you know, I'm watching that. And I paused Dawson's Creek on like a shot of Katie Holmes, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> "Oh my god, really? I truly, I want to know everything about that experience for her. I want to know everything. No, not, 
not a screen, whatever about that. But <laughs> but yeah, marrying Tom Cruise. I like, I like I want a memoir. I want so bad. I, I want it. one so bad. Maybe one day when Tom is dead. <laughs> yeah. God. Not me. Not me wishing for his death so I can get a not me wishing for so I can get a memoir. Not me. Not me wishing for Tom Cruise's death. <laughs> I can get a Katie Holmes memoir. I just want it so bad. Like I just, I want to know everything about because I just want to know about that journey. I do. I mean, I do want to know about like the Dawson's Creek of it all to like go from an existence in a show like that. Now that I've watched it, like, and I'm almost done with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you see how she was at that time and just starting out in her career, like damn girl like how did we go from that to that how did you how did that happen i want to i want to know katie and how did you get out i need i need i need that detailed plan that she and her people put in place to get her out of that shit i need to know it all because i would like the i would like the memoir to be called the great escape i've already (laughs) just set it all out for her Bitch, I'll go right for you. you it. Like, I'll go right for you, Katie. Call me up. Like, <laughs> I want it. <laughs> I need to know all the mm-hmm. details. That's funny. That is mm-hmm. funny. Well, in our next topic, we've got the girls fighting. Over the Lizzie. girls are fighting. <laughs> What's the tea? The girls are fighting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably gonna watch that clip because it's really the number one, probably one out of like two or three things that I enjoy from Celia Banks. <laughs> that clip. No. That clip. You're absolutely right. <laughs> what is this? 100%. Team? Oh my God. It's that clip and 212. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the two things. That's that shit goes. That it slaps. It slaps. Um, I will always listen to it. I know she is batshit, but I will always listen to 212, and I have no regrets about that. But yeah, the girls are mad about Lizzo because she went on a detox. Apparently, she is uh, promoting toxic diet culture, which, you know what? Listen, I feel like a lot of celebrities promote unhealthy diet culture, toxic diet culture. Now, Lizzo is on, was on a 10-day detox, supervised by her nutritionist. And when you look at the detox that she's on, she is clearly getting calories. You know how most people, they go on a detox and all they drink is juice and it really doesn't do shit for them because it's just fucking juice? Yeah, she wasn't doing that. She was actually eating like whole foods, just blending them into a smoothie. You know, it was like healthy fast. She was eating apple with peanut butter as a snack. She was having like granolas as a snack. And she already explained that she didn't do it for weight loss reasons. She wasn't trying to lose weight. It was just that she fucked up her stomach while on vacation from drinking too much, from eating too much spicy food. And if you've ever done that, you know that your stomach will become fucked yeah. up. And you kind of do have yeah. to reset it. I you really do. There. Because if you don't, yep. Yeah. Same. 
literally me after the cruise. As soon as we fucking got off, I was sick as fuck because I was just eating so much shit that I don't yeah. usually eat. My stomach was like, what the hell is this? So I get it. I more than understand. And I think so long as she was doing it with, you know, the supervision of a nutritionist, I don't really see the big deal. Of course, there's this whole like body positive movement that has been happening over the past couple of years. And I'm in favor of the movement. I think it's a great movement. But I also think that it can be a very toxic space because when fat people begin to talk about, oh, you know, I'm working out more or I've started eating healthier, it becomes, they become public enemy number one somehow just for taking their own health into their own hands instead of saying, oh, well, you know what? I ate McDonald's today because I felt like it. It's like, yeah, that's great too. But like sometimes people don't want to keep eating McDonald's every day for the rest of their life, okay? I'm like, I've been eating McDonald's way too much during this pandemic because it's real easy for me to fucking order on Uber Eats. Should I be doing it? No. Eventually I'm going to have to stop and go back to eating McDonald's like once every six yeah. months. Yeah. That does not make me a too bad person. Thing, guys. Exactly. And I just, I mean, it's just something that I've witnessed a lot and not just with Lizzo, like, there are YouTubers that I watch who are in the body positive space and it's like when they decide to become healthier by their own standard, not by any sort of like, I want to be skinny standard. It's just like, you know what, maybe I want to start doing yoga. Maybe I want to increase my flexibility. Maybe I want to become stronger. Maybe I have back problems. So I want to, you know, build up the muscles in my back. Somehow that's a problem for other people in the body positive community. And it's very strange to me. Like, I don't get why that's a problem. I don't get why that suddenly triggers people because you're seeing fat people working out. Like, that just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. And Lizzo has always been the type to work out. Yeah. Like, she has always been active. Yeah. She works out. She dances. And she's like, I don't care about losing weight. I just work out and I dance. And if this is my body, she this is my body. She kind of has to. Like, and that's where any singer. Right. She's a performer. Any singer. Every yeah. singer has to have endurance. Every single exactly. popular singer you see out here has to have some sort of endurance in order to do that many concerts and that many shows and all that shit. Like, that's just the, exactly. that's the deal. Like, that's just how it is. Alright, guys. I think that brings us to the end of our podcast this week. And we will have some bonus episodes for you guys for Christmas and New Year's. I don't know what we'll be doing, but we'll be doing something. I mean, other than the Christmas drinking game that we kind of have planned. We got to find one, but that's besides the point. We will find one and we will do it. I would, you know what? I would love, I would love if people would not like a mailbag I don't think I don't feel like doing like a whole mailbag of like questions but certainly if people have questions these like end of the year episodes yeah these end of the year episodes would be like a great time for you guys to ask us any questions submit them to the Instagram submit them to us on Twitter our personal Twitters and Instagrams if you have them Yeah. Um, yeah that would be fun 
That would be fun. We would look forward to that. That would be a good time. Get to know us a little bit better. So, yeah. But these next couple episodes should be a fun time. They'll be different, of course. And, of course, if anything happens, like anything crazy, we'll probably talk about it. Why not? Oh, we will for sure PC about it. Always. Always. It's always a good time just laughing at people. Stupid things they do. Oh, <sighs> <nice> joy. <laughs> okay, you guys can follow us over on Instagram at Intersectional Media, and you can follow my personal account at B, which is R I N N I E B E, on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Skin in the City. That's Skin underscore in the City. Thank you guys for listening. We will catch you next week. Bye. Bye.